I just think right now, women, especially in business, this is the year of women. I just know that. Life begins at 150 grand a year. Life gets better at 250 and life gets real good at 500. Nobody can tell me differently on it. When you start teaching something, I feel like that's when you start to master the actual art of it. You and I, when we publish a book, we can go toe to toe with any of the New York trade publishers, any of the big time authors. We get to compete in that marketplace and then let the market decide whether our stuff is good. People forget sometimes as entrepreneur, the whole damn point of entrepreneurship is to make money. And now here is The Win with your hostess, serial entrepreneur, marketeer, and chief sexy boss. Heather Havenwood. Have you ever wanted to stop the nine to five grind and start your own business? Then now is the time to start and grow a business. Hi, I'm Heather Havenwood. And as a female entrepreneur and business coach, I can help you double your income and triple your time off. My gift to you today is a free one-on-one strategy session with me personally. Go to coachwithheather.com. That's right. Go to coachwithheather.com. Hey, it's Heather. Is your digestion feeling off? Are you often hungry even though you're eating enough and taking supplements? Are you struggling to burn off that last bit of stubborn fat that will not go away no matter how hard you diet or exercise? I guess I'm talking about myself here. See, it might be your gut. It was mine. That's why I am so excited to announce that P3OM, the Navy SEAL of probiotics, is now available at energywithheather.com. Look, tens of thousands of real people, including myself, has used P3OM to manage constipation, bloating, gas, acid reflux, abdominal pain, and much more. Look, as you'll learn when you go to energywithheather.com, P3OM uses unique and patent strand that has been proven in lab tests to deliver the right bacteria to your gut. So your body has what it needs to let go of all that fat. So look, what are you waiting for? Go to energywithheather.com. That's energywithheather.com. Hi, everyone. Welcome to The Win with Heather Havenwood. Okay. Now, if you've been listening to my show at all for more than a second or a month or whatever, you know that I am in comedy class, writing a stand comedy class because I'm trying to learn how to be funny. Why? Because it scares the crap out of me. And with that, I thought, well, I'll leverage my show and I'll reach out to phenomenal comedians around the world. And I wanted to find a female comedian and I did. And she's actually a friend of mine from years ago. So it's like coming back in the fold, which is super awesome. Yay. So wake up, listen up. This is going to be a fun show, mainly because I'm not funny, but she's funny. So that's good. Um, her name is Elaine Williams. Hey, Elaine, are you there? Hey, Heather. Thank you so much for having me. I bet you're funny too. I bet you really are. I'm not. I just, you know, look, I literally, the first day, Elaine, first day of the class, I sit down and she says, it's a woman who I was teaching the class. She says, uh, some of y'all are here tonight because someone told you y'all are you're funny. And so you're here to figure that out. And I raise my hand. I'm like, no, 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 no. I'm here because I'm not funny. <laughs> and goes, hey, that's funny. I'm like, no, 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 really, no, no kidding, right? So she's like, okay, you should use that. I'm like, no, no, that doesn't make sense. Anyway, so all right, let's tell people who you are. So Elaine is an award-winning stand-up comedian and speaker who's appeared on Saturday Night Live 
America's Got Talent, HBO, ABC, NBC, Fox TV. She shared the stage with Amy Schumer, opened for Dane Cook, been featured in the New York Times and on Hay House Radio, and is a blogger for the Huffington Post and so much more we're going to dig into. So thanks for being here. Well, thanks for having me. Um, and Heather, can I just say, when I first started doing comedy, I moved to New York to pursue musical theater. I worked my whole life in Texas professionally, right? Singing, dancing, voiceover, film. I moved to New York. I couldn't get arrested. Could not get arrested. And people kept saying, and I was really angry because I was also newly sober. And you go from Austin, that magical, fairy, friendly land, to New York City where it's, you sneeze and it's $100, right? So I'm like, and people kept saying, you're really funny. And I was like, what do you mean? You know, and. I was so angry and frustrated. And so finally, like a hundred people told me that. So I finally got up the nerve to take a class and I was not funny. I didn't really? know how to write. I would stand up in class and it was like crickets. And then my teacher would say, well, just start talking about your dysfunctional family. And so when I wasn't trying to be funny and I was just writing from the emotional pain, that's when it was funny. But it took me for, I mean, it took a long time and I didn't, I did all the mistakes. Like I didn't watch the good people. I went to a lot of bad open mics. Yeah. So, you know, like if I'd gone to see Todd Berry, like there's so many people I wish I'd studied, but I was just trying to do it my own way. But it's doing your own way. Right. Yeah. And it's interesting because I'm glad you said this. So first of all, let's just set the stage for people who are thinking, oh, wow, that's a comedy. What is that? There, first of all, there's an art and science to it, which you probably agree. Um, but you know my background. You know my background in Lane. And my background's in the speaking industry where you're you're not paid to be there. You're paid when people bring you money in the back of the room, right? Right. And I was told, no kidding, like back in 01 or 02 back then, I was told by a mentor of mine said, don't make them laugh. They won't give you any money. Boom, right there in my head, it was like, I'm not, I'm not funny. It's all about right. right? And that's been like my whole thing for years. So oh, here I am on a comedy teach, trying to learn comedy. And they said the same thing to me. They're like, you're so serious. I'm like, yeah, like, you know, it's years of training. So, I mean, what is it like also to be a female comedian? Cause there's few. Yeah. It's funny. I was, I got to go to this birthday party at the Friars club, which is like the country club, like this really cool, cool, cool place where old comedians and famous people hang out and I, you know, it's cost a lot of money to be a member. So I've only been a couple of times, but I was sitting at a table at this birthday dinner and people kept turning around and they're like, Oh, it's a female comedian. Like, like I'm like this unicorn. It was, it was interesting. Um, you know, it's in some ways it's easier to stand out when you're the only woman on the, on the bill. And in a lot of ways it's harder and there, there are a lot of, you know, I, I, anybody I mentor, I'm like, sometimes you got to keep it moving. You're like, how are you? Thank you so much. Run up on stage, do your thing. And then you're like, I got to go because there's somebody trying to pick you up or trying to, you know, there's just a lot of shysters in the business. There and- is a lot of shysters in the business. It's, so let's talk about the business for a second. Cause you're not only a comedian, like you have other stuff going on, you make your money elsewhere. And right. I think you integrate, you like integrate comedy inside of that. So talk about your business, your entrepreneurial life. Cool. Cool. And I do want to say one of the reasons I love comedy, Heather, is because, you know, when I got to New York city, I got sober at the same time and it was a really hard year. And there was a part of me that was like, I got to make up for lost time. And like when you're in that, I'm intense. And then when you're coming from that place, it's not really productive or fun. And so I love comedy because it helped me lighten the heck up, which needed to happen big time. And 
that's another reason I just love comedy. I love studying it. I love teaching it. I love doing it because even if you're having a bad day, you're like, this is really going to be funny in a month, you know, like it can help you reframe things. And I use it. I use it with my tenants. I'm a landlord. And sometimes I'm like, are you guys kidding me? Am I your mother? Like, no, don't leave the, you know, like sometimes it's great to, you know, banter back and forth and you're still getting your point across, but you're not coming across as like this, you know? Yeah, right. which so, I could, as you know, you know me for a long time. Uh, I could use some lightening up. I, <laughs> but I, I mean, I think you're amazing. I know a little bit of your story, and I think you have so much tenacity and persistence and beauty and smart. Remember when I saw John Alanis, I was like, Heather is amazing. I met Heather. He was like, Oh yeah, you know. Yeah, well, yeah. Getting, <laughs> getting any energy out of him is like, you know, whatever. So thank you for that. That was super sweet. I really appreciate. This is not about me though. This is about no, you. I know, but I just, I just remember meeting you, and like I was really affected by you, and you know that you know you meet a lot of people. So, um, but yeah, comedy helps lots me. me. And yeah, now it's funny, and I'm, it's like such pressure. It's hard. It's really hard. And so one of the things I te- and I I've taught comedy, and it was exhausting. <laughs> yes, <laughs> I, I can see I, that. I do have I have a short VIP day called find your funny for people who are already speaking because what's cool is you can learn. There are certain tricks where you don't have to stand up and do like a 20 minute set, which is so scary and can take a year to write, but you can use certain words. Like I used to be like, you know, um, when I would wait tables, I go, do you want sparkling steel or tequila? And it was just like a goofy, cheesy thing, but you, it would give you the read in the room. Mm. do, Do you want, are you guys here for this, this? Does anybody know your name? Like, you know, like there's certain little things you can do that can just bring some levity and show the people as a speaker, like, oh, she's got this. I don't have to worry about her, you know? And so I, I just love infusing humor wherever I can. And also like I write from pain because like I rehabbed houses. So I have this whole bit about I used to go through boyfriends. Now it's handyman. Same conversation. <laughs> when are you coming back? Are you going to finish what you started? <laughs> oh my God, that is the same. And it's just, I was like, I'm, I'm like living. Me? Are you coming back? Are you coming back? Like, oh my God. So I, you know, I, I love it too. Cause like when I'm driving for gigs, you know, I listen to comedy. Like it's just, the, I just think it's such a great way to try to live. Um, although I wouldn't recommend for a long time, I would do things to have the experience so I could write about it. And that's not like when you're doing stupid things or like adventurous things without thinking it all the way through, that's not, I was like, Elaine, you have to stop doing this. Well, well, I'm well, glad you said that because I've been on the app Bumble specifically for content as they called it. Oh now, my God. And I took myself off because I'm like, uh, Jen, check mark. We're good. We got it writes itself, doesn't it? Oh my gosh. It's like, you cannot make this crap up. Let me tell you about Saturday night. You know, I mean, they're like, that's funny. I'm like, it's not funny when you're experiencing it and you're going through this pain with this person. You're like, really? Uh, but it can be funny on stage, you know? And I think that was one of the most, I just was here in Austin. In Austin, they had Moonlight Tower comedy. It's like four days or three days of just back to back to back to back comedy, like all day long, four or five different venues across the city. And my homework was to go. That was like our homework. And I never been, it was in my backyard, never been. And it was just so much fun to see 
I didn't know who I was getting. Like you asked me who I saw. Right. Like, I can tell you kind of now who I saw. But at the time, literally, I was like signed up seven o'clock. That looks good. And then I just would get whoever I got. And I didn't have any preconceived notion of like who they are, how it was supposed to go. And in fact, I saw one uh, group, or whatever. Yeah, group twice. I saw them twice. And they did the same, of course, because it was a different venue, a different night. Different sure. night. They, said that they did kind of the same stint or thing and it's still funny you know what I mean like okay I heard that already but that's hilarious you know so I think that part of it is learning the art of it there's such an art of it and I love that you said that so there's a guy named and there's so many good comedians like sometimes it's like there's a lot of talent you know there's a guy named Ross Bennett who lives in the town next to me in New Jersey he's been LA like he was huge in the 70s and 80s and I'm open for him I've seen his work um Anyway, but when I'm whenever I'm about to go on stage, I'm like trying to focus on me. So I'm like I can hear people's acts, but I don't really get it. But if I can watch them after I've been on stage, it's like a whole different yeah experience. And I got to do that once. Um, I got to like go up, and then I sat back and watched him do his act that I had seen a couple of times, and I feel like it was a master class. Like I was taking, it was like so cool to watch this. He's such a master deliverer, writer, persona, and to be able to like know his routine, but see the nuances Yeah, that, that only 30 years doing it will give you like yeah. that are instinctual and intuitive of like the way he would say one word, like it was, oh my God, I was like, I would love to do this every day, you know? So how do you use comedy in your business? And then, and that's one thing I think that I don't like this persona. I've already heard it already. I'm in class for five days, five, five weeks, and I'm already hearing it. I'm hearing things like, well, you know, if you, if you want to be, if you want to be rich, don't be a comedian, uh, broke comedians. There's this whole conversation about being broke. I'm like, Jimmy Kimmel isn't broke. Ellen DeGeneres isn't broke. And why do they keep saying that? You know? And it's like, I don't think that has to be, I know for yourself, you intertwine it into your life. You don't like, this is the only thing I'm going to do, you know? Right. Right. Well, I, I mean, I got, I got to tour nationally for a few years. That's cool. And I loved, I learned so much. I was dating a headliner and so I would be his feature and it was, it was so much fun. Cause like, if you have a really nice hotel room, it's fun. And even if you have a shitty one, you're not by yourself. And, and I learned so much, but they were break evens. Like usually for a weekend you got paid like three fifty, And by the time you paid for flying out there and food, oh, wow. yeah. even if sell t-shirts. Now I did it off and on. And I loved it because I grew so much, but yeah. I knew like until you get on t- until you can really leverage, you got to be doing other things. But also Heather's, you and I, ha- we hustle. Yeah. Hustle. I also know, I know some comics, like one guy on Long Island, nobody knows who he is, but he hustles and he probably makes six figures a year. Now he works his butt off. Right. He is marketing himself. He's making phone calls. Unfortunately, a lot of people who do, who are drawn to comedy, can be stoners or, you know, there is, yeah. there's, I mean, in every profession, there's always different there's levels always of that, right. and professionalism. And so, you know, I think it was between like a professional Uber driver and like, did you just like go get some hamburgers and turn on your app? You know I mean? right. <laughs> make sure you make some money for your hamburgers. You just got absolutely going. right. Right. Like, this is a big difference. You can always tell like the place is actually like, that was one. And the other day I was going down, I was actually going down to moon tower and I get the card and I'm like, 
I think there's like dog hair on my, like, I'm pretty sure you just sprayed Febreze in here. And, like there's dog hair. <laughs> oh God. And you're thinking were- yourself, okay, this is like somebody who just need to go downtown for something and like turned on the app and to go back North or something. You're like, okay, <laughs> this is like the person who has like, there was the one I went back and she's got like candy and she's got mints in the back and girl, what you need? You need like mints. You need candy. What you need? What you need? That's I'm like, so cute. She's into the whole full service of it, right? Full service, like the bathroom. Remember, the, you used to walk in the bathroom. You're like, "Would you? Would you like? Would you use hairspray? You need some perfume? You know, that's what she had. This little basket. Take some bath. You need some gum, girl. I gotcha. You know, it's so cute. But I think that's the difference between like real comedians that really take it on versus for no reason. I know for myself, I'm in that class. For me, I'm curious. I'm totally. I want to ask you this question. I'm in that class really because it scares me. Good doing it to break that. So can you speak to that? And here's what it scares me. The fear of rejection. That's what scares me. So Heather, I grew up performing. I did my first commercial in the fourth grade, did my first movie when I was 15, the dirt bike kid. I love performing. I get nervous, but I love it. The night before I was starting to do comedy, I couldn't sleep Mm. because you were, it's just you on stage. Like it is to me, I say, I always say it's the scariest thing you can do with your clothes on. And, and that's one reason I think that I was drawn to, I mean, it was an evolution. I did an improv class, improv class, one woman show in New York. And then I finally knew like, I have to take this class, but I watched the Seinfeld documentary comedian mm. and it, I, I didn't, I stopped taking the class. Like I couldn't even sleep. Like it was so daunting. And I think my soul knew like, this is what's next. And I was just like, ah, you know, and then, you know, so I did my first show and it was unexpectedly good. And then part of me is like, that must've been a fluke that I can't, you know, and like, and then you have to go do it again. Like it's, you know, it is so scary. And then luckily you don't know how bad you are in the beginning. You know, you just know you got to keep doing it. And, and uh, I know, I know, I know I I bad. Like (laughs) Elaine, don't worry. I I'm clear. I'm bad. Um, someone hopefully will be there. I don't know if anyone's going to show up uh, to film it and hopefully it won't. Impact. I mean, you know, I'm trying to overcome fears and I really want to see tell people that I'm overcoming fears. So I probably will post it. However, look, just be clear. I know I'm bad, you know, so I but do. That's, I mean, I, I really commend you because it takes so much courage. It is not for the faint of heart, you know, and, but I love it because it, it helped, it's helped me be a better coach, a better speaker, you know, I use it everyday life. I used to use it to deflect angry customers. I'm working on a new hospitality with heart, using humor to motivate thing. And, you know, just, just like anything, people say, oh, I've always wanted to become a comedian. I'm like, are you willing to feel like an asshole over and over? Because, you know, you, you work on this joke or this bit and you're like, is this funny? Mm-hmm. And you get the feedback. And, mm-hmm. it's, and then, you know, if it's in an open mic, you can't, you, it's hard. You have to get feedback from lots of different people. Right. I also learned being from Texas, I was like, do you like me? And you have to be like, you know, in here to be like, this is funny. Like it's, you got to be bold. You got to be masculine. I, I, I can do comedy in a dress, but I much prefer pants, you know? Okay. So you just, okay. So I got to give you some cred. You just nailed it. You just nailed it. Cause when people said to me, what do you mean? When I was sharing, I'm a fear of rejection. They're like, that makes no sense. Look at you. You're out there. Da, 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 da. I couldn't figure out what it was. You just nailed it. It's the Southern thing. Do you, do you like, like me? Oh my God. It's a Southern. Do you like me? Do you like me? Do you like, do you like me? And then be bold. And then do you like me? Do you like me? It's so like there as a woman and from 
a Southern view. I mean, I can hear my mom and my neighbor's mom, you know, be nice. Right. Everyone likes you in the neighborhood. Oh, you, right. You don't like her. No one likes her in the neighborhood. And then you're like, right. oh, I don't want to be like her. Right. right. Know your voice. Right. Because you have to take a risk. And, and then I can even go further other because, I, you know, I teach camera confidence now and people are scared of public speaking too, but they're even more afraid of being cyber bullied on Facebook Live or whatever. I think it goes back to human. If you... If you made the tribe mad, you got kicked out and you would have no food, clothing, or shelter, and you were going to die. So, and it's that Tony Robbins talks about this. So if you stand there boldly and speak your point of view, it's scary. It is, it can feel like you're going to die. And, and I have that, I don't have, like, I can go talk to 2000 people about the, you know, my addictions and all the stuff I've been through, but like to be intimate with one person, I can't seem to manage that lately, but like, like, and to get on the phone and make sales calls, like, but for me, that's that fear, fear of like, everybody has it somewhere in their life, but it feels like you're going to die. You're going to get kicked out of the tribe and you're going to die. And I think that's why people have that fear. That you just nailed it. You just nailed it. So I forgot that you're, see, I knew you're living in New York. So I, I totally forgot you're from the South. Yeah. I, get it. I just, for some reason, escaped me in my head until you said that. It is so true, but there's level, there's different levels of it. There's the Southern thing. And then there's the woman Southern thing. I mean, guys, you do not get the level of the Southern woman thing. It is. You know, and it's so ingrained. Do not upset the tribe. Right. Do not be invited to the party or parties or the, the mean party. girls. All, yeah. OMG. And, you know, here I am. And what's interesting, too, is like in my comedy class, I, I don't fit. I mean, in the world of like, I look at them and me in the world of like what they do for a living. It's not that I'm better than them or anything. It's different. I don't look at it that way. But they're, they, they've even said to me, wow, you're so successful. You have a radio show. And I'm looking at them going, I'm just here like another human being scared right. my brains here. Like I'm scared to death that you guys aren't going to like me. I'm clear you probably don't. I'm clear that no one's going to like me when I get. And I'm coming from a person I just spoken in, in Vegas to like I don't know how many hundred people. Didn't even phase me. I mean, I maybe had like a little sweats making sure I had my presentation like that got handled, but honestly, I didn't have any of this like <gasps> Oh my god, are they going to like me? I didn't have any of that cuz I'm such a confident in my content. And Heather, when you were being vulnerable like that and saying, I'm scared you guys aren't going to like me, that to me was hilarious. <laughs> like, like, and that's what's tricky. Like, so when you're new, when you're new, you're like, okay, I got to be funny. What am I going to write about? That's why guys talk about their farts and, you know, like people go for the low hanging. Oh, they do. Yeah. They're doing that. I'm like, that's not funny. Oh, it's like new guy comedy. Everybody goes to it. But like, and then once you kind of, you know, it's, it's so it's just something you have to keep walking through it's, and you can't speed up the process, which is so it's like painful, but, but to me, when you can really be honest and like, this is what I'm thinking. Oh my God. Or like, you know, and, and that vulnerable piece, that's what, you know, comedians say what everybody else is thinking. Mm. Right. They, they, would you say they say what everyone is thinking, but not willing to say? Yes. Yeah. And, and it takes a long time to develop your persona. Kevin Hart's book, you can't make this shit up. I love this book and I listen to a lot of books and it's, it's like a memoir and it's funny, but he also does, you know, there's lots of humor, but there's also like a little motivational take at the end, but of every chapter, but he talks about how he didn't know what he was doing and he was doing like caricature black comedian stuff. And people were like, what are you doing? You have to write some real jokes. And you know, so it's kind of like, 
this growth process everybody kind of has to go through. Mm -hmm. What is funny and what's going to work and for your persona and Mm -hmm. now it's... Like who's your persona? They keep asking that. And I still haven't figured mine out. It, and it's a growth process. But I I, th- I I thought in my head, here's what I thought in my head when I first started this class. Look, one, I'm not going to tell anybody. Two, <laughs> I got this. <laughs> I got this. I mean, what the heck? They're in front of a bunch of people. Three, I'm funny. I'll figure it out because I figure everything out. Everything I do, I figure out, right? And then I'm now on the next week is the graduation. Um, a, I have no clue what I'm doing. Two, I'm not funny. Three, uh, this sucks. And four, I'm scared how scared of shitless. So it's definitely <laughs> evolved. And now I'm looking at, wow, I can actually see myself like going to you would call it mic night. Open mic, yeah. Yeah, out of practice, out of the practice of, you know, out of like the getting through the fear of it and dealing with it. Because I've realized, and I shared this on a Facebook Live the other day, like the more I move towards the rejection, like, okay, I feel rejected right now. Let's move towards it. Let's double down on it. Let's go there versus like freak out and just run around it or under it or through it or what, you know. I love it. And that's so great. And and to me, that's the line between amateur and pro. Like, because pros will start, they'll try new jokes. You know, you start off strong and then you try out your new stuff in the middle of your set and then you finish with your closing. But, and so, you know, when a pro will try something that maybe doesn't work, you can't even tell. Like they, you know, and the amateur is the one who goes, oh God, or, you know, like, right? And so- I screwed that up. <laughs> and 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 there's two, you know, like, it, that's why it was so cool to get to hang out with this headliner for a couple of years. I learned so much from him, but he would say, you know, darling, sometimes they just won't let you be funny. Like you could have been the best comedian and they just don't like pretty blondes. Like, but but the right. thing is like one time I was doing this show in in Maine and it was like, corporate birthday party strippers like it was just a really weird vibe and I was doing crowd work crowd work warming them up and then I was going to material and it was like and so I was doing more crowd work more crowd work and um finally I said and I was doing like my heavy hitting jokes like the ones that land 98% of the time you know and finally after like the third time where they gave me nothing I said look I know that's a damn funny joke you guys can come along with me or not. I don't care. I don't care. And I didn't say it like in a mad way, but it was like, I was taking a stand for myself of like, I've been doing comedy like five years by that time. I just knew like they were testing me. Yeah. You know? And if I had needed them, they would have, it would have even. What they do. That's really interesting. So you like double down, like, look, that was funny. And the fact that you guys are with me, you're like, okay, we can come with me. Whatever. Like that was, I know that's funny. Everybody else thinks that's funny. Whatever. But that broke them. And then they came along with me. Mm. So, you know, it's interesting. And there's so many nuances. Like sometimes some, there's a laugh leader in a crowd, right? Somebody who kind of gives everybody permission to laugh. They'll laugh loud and then people can come along with it. And mm. every once in a while, nobody will be the laugh leader. And you can tell people want to laugh and they're like holding it back. Like people are so repressed. And it's, it's just a is. time in our country too. with all like, be funny, but be PC. But, you know, it's like, oh God. Yeah, so, so how could so how do you use this? Because I know you you do. Do you still travel with um in um the circle of universities? Do you still do that? I've done a little bit of that. Yeah, it's it's I've been refocusing, but um yeah, I did a, I did Kent State like a year ago and Montana and um yeah, kind of it goes in phases. 
So what do you do for, because that's a whole other business. Cause I want, I want to highlight uh, people that just do speaking circuit in the university setting. So um, if you want to just talk about that, just like you did do that at one time, how did you use comedy there? That's a great question. So I, at the time I really, you know, as a comedian, you're always like, okay, where can I make money? And you know, you, people always talk about the college circuit. So I was like, I'm going to, I'm going to go to the college circuits and people are like, Elaine, you're going to be up against comedians who've been on Letterman 10 times. Like, you know, they're not famous, but they have a, a level that you're not there yet. And then they said, but don't you have, a, didn't you have all those addictions? And I was like, yeah. And they're like, you could be the funny eating disorder girl. And, and so that's how I kind of came in. And the first showcase I did, they were standing up with me. They were laughing. I just used humor to talk about the emotional eating aspects because everybody talks about food and diet and exercise, but it's the emotional thing that's really. And so I came in with that and then they said, well, can you talk about drug and alcohol? And I was like, okay. So I, I always made sure I put jokes in the beginning Mm -hmm. and then we got heavy. And then I would try to leave them with jokes at the end. Like, leave it up because mm-hmm. when you're talking about tough subjects, you need to breathe, you know, and, and laughter can bring oxygen into the room, you know? Yeah. So, yeah. so and you know, and it was, it's challenging when you're talking about heavy subjects cause it activates people. So I got, I got projected on a lot, you know, really, you got interesting. You got projected, yeah. but did you use humor to kind of undo that? What was interesting? Like I remember I was in like Iowa or somewhere and, and um, I would just do this bit. And I'd always say in the beginning, I'd say, look, I, I make fun of myself and my family and my addiction, but I would never make fun of anybody else's. But my point is, if you're laughing, you're going to retain more. We're going to have more fun. So I'm not making fun of anybody else. Are you guys cool with that? Like, I just want to have an impact so that you remember some of this stuff because it could save your life. So anyway, so then I went into my little bit about my dad. He wouldn't let us eat candy, but we could snort it because he's a dentist. And, you know. and then... I remember just one kid like ran out during the family joke time. Cause I think it must've hit a nerve for him, mm. you know, but, and I used to get really upset, but then I thought, you know what, maybe that's perfect. Like maybe that's going to get him into therapy. Maybe that's going to get him to yeah. an Al-Anon meeting. Like, I don't know. I would rather have a reaction than nothing. Than nothing. Right. It's, yeah. I think comedians, and tell me if I'm wrong, but in my experience so far, because I did a year of improv and I want to kind of set the stage for people with improv. Improv, I loved it. I fell in love with it. It was a I random think it's thing. So hard. Oh my God, I think it's hard. Really? Yeah. I see. I love it because I did it on accident. I, my mom had just passed away and, uh, and it was, yeah, it was like a sudden thing. It wasn't like expected. It was just boom. One day I talked to her one day, she's gone. So I, my, my coach was like, you need to go do something like really weird. Just like, I don't know what that is. Just something. And I lived down the street from the, the theater, theater area in Austin. So I, improv 101 like that's tomorrow night that like whatever that is right sure. so I go and uh for the first class the first things I hated it because I was dealing with my own stuff but then like the whole group went to like 102 together and I'm like well I don't want to leave the group so I went to 102 and then 103 and then 104 and then now like a year later 106 I'm like what you got left and they're like we got nothing left Heather you got to get out you've given us all your money I was there for a year and I just did that and, and actually it's what helped me and radio podcast I had no idea I hadn't started my podcast podcast or radio yet. So it helps me here, but That's so awesome. I like it because I could feed off. Yeah. I can feed off. They said this. Oh, I could feed off that. I could feed off that. That's what scares me about comedy is because sometimes you get nothing. 
Right. <laughs> There's like nothing to, it's kind of like a roller coaster where you're like trying to grab onto something and there's like nothing, you know, that's what scares me. Yeah, and that to me is the hardest part of not having the expectations because like sometimes you'll have like a killer show unexpectedly and you're like, Whoa! and then you'll come back the next night and you will have an unconscious expectation. Yeah. And that, that to me is something if I ever get to go focus on it more, like that was one of the hardest things of not having that expectation because when you are just being in the moment and speaking it like for the first time, which you're, you know, your goal, you just, it's, it can land differently. You can have the same show two nights in a row, but with two different audiences and it could, it's just weird. It's fluky. There's so many chips. It's that expectation on him that I just keep putting it out there. <laughs> it's like relationships. And I'm a big fan of saver lines, which I teach in my class of like, you know, sometimes you can say, well, like, well, my cat thought that was hilarious this morning or, you know, or like, well, she liked it. You didn't like it, sir. Or, you know, like, I mean, there's different ways that just basically help you not feel embarrassed or like, all right, I'm, no one's going to die. Moving on. Like, the different ways so that you don't have that awkward, like you didn't like it, you know? Yeah. Like, Oh, you, did y'all like that? I think once, um, and again, I'm in a class where we're all like loving on each other, but one of the participants when they were up last week, they looked at us and they go, was that funny? You know what I mean? Like they were looking for that thing. And this reminds me of a video I've seen now twice. And I think there's a reason I've seen it twice on accident, actually as Oprah. And she was interviewed and she's not interviewed very much. She is now, but she wasn't for years. She mentioned that no matter who she interviewed, from Nelson Mandela to Tom Cruise to whoever, you know, God, um, she said that literally 98% of all of them would turn to her after the camera was off and say, how'd I do? How'd I go? How, how was that? You know, how, how'd wow. I do? Yeah, I've seen the video twice. And she said it that it was like 98%. And I think that shows the human piece that no matter who we are, she said that literally, she's like, I've, I've interviewed presidents. I've interviewed, and they all look at her after and go, how was that? Was that, was that good? Oh, it's like, we're all still looking for our mom. I know we are like, no, like Oprah, how'd I do? I mean, I know I would with Oprah, but I'm not Tom Cruise and I'm definitely not Nelson Mandela. And I think she even, I think she said, do not quote me, but I think in that video, she did say that even Miss Obama said like, you know, how'd I do? I think that it's just that automatic piece of us. And I know for myself, when I get interviewed, I, if sometimes with, if I really like connect with that person, I will say like, how was that? Was that, was that, you want me to give more? You know, I do automatically do that. Um, I think that's why comedy is so. It's hard. And you know, another thing that I, I did that I, it was so hard. We would have to do morning radio and like, you know, like in Washington state, we would do these little bitty towns. And so I always knew like, this is good practice, but you know, when you, you get up at six and it's really cold and you have coffee and you know, you're in a bright, radio station and some of the DJs think that they are God infringing on their turf. And some of them are really cool and like, Hey, thanks for being here and others. And it, it's a really weird environment and you have to be funny and clean and short little sight. And sometimes I could hit it and I would just, and other times I was like, that was horrible. Like, you know, like it just, it's a, that's really hard. You know, I think that's really hard too. I, uh, because I come from the marketing side and business as a marketing coach and sales, and I teach and preach 
commitment and consistency with your presentations. So much so, I'm going to tell you the difference. So when I was traveling, this is really for the audience. When I was traveling the country, doing events, seminars over and over and over again, we do do city each each week, a new city. And each city, we would do two presentations a day. So we do six presentations in a week over and over and over again. We, the, the presenter did the same presentation over and over consistently that he would tweak a little, you know, like, oh, maybe we should tweak this to get a higher conversion. Tweak, tweak, tweak. But it was pretty much the same over and over again. And we could almost predict the results, you know, to a point. Wow. Wow. I think that's what's so weird to me about comedy. It's that, like you said, you could do the same show back to back, same city maybe, and get different results. You know what I mean? And that to me scares me. It just scares me. It's part of, it's part of the challenge and the fun. And, and I know I had one of my mentors would say, every time we get on stage, have an agenda. You never just want to get on stage. Like thinking about, I'm going to, I'm going to work on crowd work. I'm going to try three new jokes. I'm going to try a new way to finish this. I'm going to, I'm going to try slightly different attitude, you know, just to so that you're always growing and learning. And so, you know, I try to do that, but it, it is interesting. There is a science to it too, but there's a lot of factors. And the other thing I was going to say, I just taught a workshop on Friday to these it was a women's empowerment week in Montclair and these two women came and they were both thin, attractive, successful people. And I said, so this is my comedy background. If I'm a woman in business and you come out on stage, there's a part of me that hates you a little bit. I'm sorry, but you look together and you're tall and skinny. So I hate you a little bit. I'm sorry. You know? And and they were like, I never thought about that. And I said, as a female comedian, a lot of people come see comedy within couples. So if the woman feels threatened by your beauty or hotness, the guy can't laugh because if he laughs, he's not going to get laid. Like, and then, so there's all these factors. So you have to be super self-deprecating to make her feel okay. And then they can both laugh. But if she feels threatened by you, Mm-mm-mm, honey. And, and, and so these two women were like, I've never heard of that. And I said, it's, it's what I've learned from comedy. And I said, it's just like this human nature, that old thing of like hunting for the caveman. If you can come, if you're tall and skinny and put together and pretty, I need to know that you're human. Just tell me a self-deprecating thing. And then I can go, okay, now I can hear you. And it, right. And this, and this is like so subliminal, but like there's so many things, factors going on. We're judging and assessing constantly, right? Do I trust this person? Do I like her? Ooh, I don't know. You know, like there's so much going on. But to me, this is like one of my favorite stories. So I'm in Maine in this, and I'm waiting to close the show. And it's been a really good show. And it's a great, it's small, it's tight. It's like the perfect kind of space for laughter. And the audience has been laughing for, together for like an hour and a half and I can feel the energy. And it's literally like, it's like joy. It's like God, it's like love. It's like this amazing energy. Wow. And, I just, and I see these strangers who didn't know each other. And for tonight, they came together in a community and sat in the dark and laughed at the insanity of being human. And that underneath our different things were the same. And that's what I believe in my heart. And that's why. I still love it. And that's why I would drive three hours for five minutes. And, you know, I did, you know, when you're new, you, you'll do anything for stage time. And it was, you know, but just that feeling of like, we're all the same. Can't, you know, aren't we all the same? And can't we just laugh together? And then when we can laugh together, we can let some of the toxins out and the walls. And, you know, that's, 
that is what feeds me. That's why I love it. You know, and that's true. It's true. We can all kind of come together in laughter. Um, I went, yeah, no, that's really love. Wow. I can just feel the energy in that space. It just, yeah. Oh my God. That's so awesome. Oh, well, I haven't had that yet. (laughs) Well, you know, I was, I wasn't even on the stage. I just had been part of it earlier, but just, you know, when people come together, it was just cool. So, but I encourage you. I mean, I, I think this takes such courage and I love that you've done it. And I really feel like when you take a big step for courage in one area, it hits your other areas too. It's hitting every area of my life. Yeah. yeah. Hitting every, yeah. I did a Facebook live about this that um, once I saw, I'm kind of introspective like that, you know, and once I saw this, oh, I have a fear of rejection. And it kind of came to me like that. And then my brain was like, no, I don't, no, I don't, no, 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 no. And then I was like, oh yeah, you do, yeah, you do. And I started to go, well, let's prove it, you know? And so I started to notice things that would come up and someone say, oh, you can't do that because they're not going to, that's stupid. And I'm like, oh, oh, chance for rejection. Let's, let's just <gasps> go there. Let's just like, oh, oh, that, and it wasn't a proof wrong. It was like, he's not going to give that to me because that's okay. Or hold on a second. Hey, can you give that to me? And they're like, yeah. And I'm like, oh, okay, hold on. Where else can I get rejected? And then, you know, I've had situations, I shared this um, Facebook live about friends and relationships I saw that I went through my own rejection process and I reached out to them personally and like had this conversation called like, I rejected you because I thought you were going to reject me first. So I apologize. I screwed that up. And I had, I reached out to five people and uh, had this great conversation with them. Um, And what was interesting though, was only one person hasn't called me back. Right. So out of the five, four has called me back. We've had these great shifts. One of them went to the moon tower with me and he was like, this is so funny. I'm so glad you called me. This is great. You know, we hadn't, we literally hadn't talked in like two months and we probably would never talked again uh, until I was like, oh, I totally did this thing to you because I was fear rejected. So the point is, wow, that's so powerful. Class is this fear. And what I think is interesting is on, on, you know, Facebook and community, I have a lot of speaker friends as you do, you know, people that are in this industry that are in front of, I, I honestly didn't think stand-up comedy was such a big fear of people. And I've had people PM me, private message me and say, oh my God, I think what you're doing is crazy. And I'm looking at them going, but I've seen you speak. Like, you're awesome. What, wh- why are you afraid of this? Just surprises me. You know what I mean? I was like, wow. So I think it's, um, I'm hope- hopefully the intention is to get through my own stuff, but also to give other people permission to go through theirs, you know, whatever that is. I love it. I love that whole rejection thing. I mean, that's like, you know, I'm in AA, so it's like we're we're making amends. We're constantly cleaning our side of the street. And, and, you know, so many times it goes back to like fear about ourselves something with ourselves. And, and to me, that's part of the freedom of like, when you can be that vulnerable, it gives other people permission to go, I was scared of you or like, It's so crazy. I had to plug in my computer. Sorry. Yeah, no worries. No worries. So uh, we're going to wrap it up because we've been here for a long time. Thank you so much for your time. Where can they find you or connect with you or like say you're cool and watch your stuff? Oh, thank you. Well, you can go to captivatethecrowd.com. That is my my way, my main webpage right now. And then I have Facebook that too, or Elaine Williams. And then we're redoing my big website, but there's there's still ways to come find me and connect with me. Facebook or the CaptivateTheCrowd.com. Okay, so CaptivateTheCrowd.com. And this is Elaine Williams. Spell your first name so everyone can get it. E-L-A-I-N-E. 
Awesome. Lane the Insane. <laughs> Lane the Insane Williams. She is on Facebook and she's on Instagram. So go check that out. I mean, honestly, go watch her stuff. Just type her into YouTube. You'll see her everywhere. Oh, oh, and you know what, Heather? Yeah. I do have, I've been putting a lot of speaker tips and live video tips on my YouTube channel. Perfect. Captivate the crowd. So there's tons of like short little videos about different things, topics, like so much stuff there because I just want to give and and keep, you know, I love helping people express themselves. Good. So that's uh, it's gonna go to YouTube and type in Elaine Williams and what's the name of your channel? Elaine Williams. Yes, and perfect. And you can put captivate the crowd too. So captivate the crowd, captivate the crowd. That's great. So go check it out. Support Elaine and what she's up to and what she's creating. And if you want to hire her, hire her because I think it's a really great opportunity to have her come in. It could be a place of business. It could be a university setting. Whatever that is, is like how can how, how can you really inspire more people and motivate them to go after what they want in life and whatever that is and captivate the crowd. So everyone, this is Heather Havenwood. You can check us out at heatherhavenwood.com. This is the win. We're on iTunes, Spotify, iHeart, and many other places. Um, check us out. And again, this is heatherhavenwood.com. Thank you for listening to The Win with Heather Havenwood. Interested in coaching with Heather? Go to heatherhavenwood.com and sign up for a business discovery consultation. Here is your free gift for listening. Get three audio chapters of Heather's book, Sexy Boss, How Women Empowerment is Changing the Rulebook when you text the word sexy to 7200. Again, text the word sexy, that is S-E-X-Y, to 7200 and receive your three audiobook chapters. Number is good only in North America. This is a sexy boss rap. This podcast is a copyright of Havenwood Worldwide, LLC.